1: On November 11, 2020, investigators from the Australian Securities and Investments Commission raided Melissa Caddick's $6.8 million home in Dover Heights, a coastal eastern suburb of Sydney, Australia. The Australian Securities and Investments Commission, also known as ASIC, who'd initially thought that Melissa was simply operating a financial services business without a valid license, had dug a little deeper to expose a much more sinister crime. One that eventually ended up with a disappearance of over $30 million, A missing person, and a severed foot washed up on a beach in the shore of the south coast. Today we're talking about the crimes committed by scammer Melissa Kadic. Grab a snack my loves and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. my loves and welcome back to the Daily Scandal. My name is DeAndre Nicolette and I will be your host for today's podcast. And I mean, I love how I said that as if I'm not the host of every single episode of this show. Um, So if you're new here, I I will be your host today, but I'll also be your host next week or not next week. Oh my gosh, (laughs) y'all. Not next week. This is a biweekly bi-weekly every two-week show okay so i'll see you not not next thursday but the following thursday okay and i'm always gonna be your host anyways my loves can y'all see the vibes i'm operating on today it has been such a chaotic day Honestly, I am so grateful to be sitting down here and recording because today has been absolutely wild. I spent the first half of my entire day sitting in my apartment as I watched the maintenance people replace my entire AC unit, which is fabulous. I live in Dallas, Texas, if you don't know. So, you know, it's great to have a working AC here in the South, however, It also meant that my plan of recording this episode in the morning, getting it edited, having all of this stuff done before I had my lunch, that didn't really go as planned. So here we are, it is 6.52 p.m. the day before this has to go up and I just came from a workout class. I'm literally sweating my butt off, but somehow I'm also in my robe. I, I, I know, I know, very confusing behavior, but we're gonna get through this, okay? We're gonna get through this because today we are diving into a very, very juicy story. I first initially came across this story because I was on Hulu the other day as we all are, I feel like on any given day, Hulu, Netflix, take your pick right, Disney Plus, you know, if you're, if you got it like that, you got a Disney Plus account as well probably got some Amazon Prime, you got all the different things, right? So I was on Hulu and I was looking for something to watch and I was like, you know what, let's, let's see what Hulu's recommending and of course the algorithms on these platforms know me, like they know me so well, they know all of us so well, right? They're always listening, hello, hello Siri, Alexa (laughs) I don't want to say it too loud, just in case y'all are playing me out loud in your house and you know who comes on and she's like, what do you need? And you're like, I don't need anything, but good to know you're listening. I was on Hulu and looking for something to watch and I got recommended the show called Vanishing Act. So Vanishing Act is a tale or a limited series, I believe. I think it's a, is it a Hulu series? It might be Hulu or FX. I'm not sure these days, to be quite honest with you. But it's a series about Melissa Caddick, And I ended up diving in. I watched the first episode and I was immediately fascinated, right? As, you know, clearly the birth of this podcast has signified, I love a good scammer story. I love a good story where it's money being shuffled and moved around. It's trifle and ax going on. It's giving tea. It's giving piping hot tea, okay? So I was literally sucked in and immediately I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the next Daily Scandal episode. I feel like I was in this place where I was like, oh my gosh, I have all these different things I want to talk about for the Daily Scandal, all these different cases and whatever, but I didn't know which one would be next up. And as soon as I watched that first episode, I was like, this is it. This is the next case we're going to dive into. So as you heard in the intro, this one kind of, you know, it's it's a typical... I say typical. None of these scammer stories are typical because these are things that we should not be doing. Okay, guys, don't rob your friends and family, okay? Don't do that. It's not cool. <laughs> but this is one of those scammer stories where it's got, you know, the money, it's got the luxury, it's got the the person pretending that they have it all together when really they're just a scammer. And we end up at the end with a very very confusing or not even confusing, but we end up with a little bit of tea at the end where we're like, "Hmm." where is melissa and you know i'm not gonna say anymore i don't want to spoil it for you and if you are familiar with this tale i mean you know how it ends or how it how it how we're gonna wrap this episode up rather because i don't know is it really the end but we're gonna dive into those questions towards the end of this episode but as i said in the intro my loves grab your snack whether it is a, a a bag of prunes that's very specific. I say that because I literally have a bag of prunes in my fridge right now. And I, you know, it's it's a snack for a very niche community. And I am part of the niche community that loves prunes. I'm not gonna grab a snack as I record this because then you guys would hear me munching and crunching and eating prunes on, on set, on camera. I'm not on camera, on mic rather. Um, and we don't want that, we don't want that. It's not gonna be fun for either of us for me to be here choking on a prune as y'all try to hear about the story. Grab your snack of choice. I'm gonna be snack-less for this. And let's go ahead and dive in to this tale with Melissa Kadic. so as many criminal stories go there's often this history of like petty crime that leads up to the bigger crimes that get committed for a lot of crimes when we hear a story about someone who's either committed a murder or done something super super fraudulent and there's no history it's almost like terrifying for us as a people to try to wrap our heads around the fact that this person could be such a normal member of society and then all of a sudden snap one day literally the show snapped is like about that it's who like, you know, they're living their lives super, super normal and then one day it's like, boom, they do something super sinister. However, Melissa's story is, it falls into the category of like, there was a history of petty crime before she committed this major crime and I think it helps us to better, almost like better understand her story but also better feel like okay, this is this is something that we should have seen coming or people should have seen coming in a way. So in 1998, after six months at her new job at an investment firm in Sydney, 27-year-old Melissa forged her boss's signature on four checks. Now, Melissa appeared to be clean cut, super professional, basically the complete opposite of what you would expect a thief to look like or a thief to act like. And this is why they say, literally y'all, do not judge a book by its cover because sometimes it be the people that look the, most clean cut that be doing the most crazy things now, okay? Don't go judging people out here. And that's the thing about thieves and scammers, though, right? Like, they have this tendency to blend in and they have this tendency to exist right under our noses they have the ability to look as if they're not deceptive and that is a key part of their strategy right to look harmless to seem to blend in and to not stand out too much because of course if they stand out too much people are going to be looking like who that what's going on over there so through her forgery at the firm Melissa had stolen around $2,000 and this was a small amount for the firm but of course it was still significant because of course this is literally a crime so she ended up being caught but she was a Allowed to resign without the police being involved. So this is a key part of Melissa's story because it essentially allowed her to continue on with this appearance of like seeming as if she was not a big of a threat as she was. It allowed her to continue on with criminal behavior with no criminal record. But even in her everyday life, Melissa was constantly dishonest and easily committed regular petty crimes. One of her friends actually recounted how Melissa would steal things like butter knives and salt and pepper shakers from restaurants simply because she found them beautiful and I find this like absolutely wild when I was like doing the research about this episode because I remember seeing this video on Twitter the other day it was a TikTok a TikTok on Twitter because you know we'd be doing the cross promotion on all the damn platforms now but literally someone posted this TikTok about how she'd basically stolen like everything in her kitchen from different restaurants and it made me wonder if this person could sit up here on TikTok and like joke about how like literally all my plates and all my bowls and all my knives are from these different restaurants like what is she actually doing behind closed doors that she's not willing to reveal because i don't know about y'all but i feel like that literally made me cringe because it was her entire kitchen that was stolen from restaurants and that is a crime y'all so don't be out here stealing all your your bowls and plates from the restaurants go to crate and barrel like the rest of us okay like, like, go invest in a good plate set i like the ones at Crate and Barrel because it'd be cute and you know what amazon actually has some like really good plate sets i got my bowls like my what is it? The plate bowls, the ploles, the blades from Amazon. So good. So good. And they're like great quality. I've watched them a million times and they're like still super good quality. But Melissa's lies even went beyond stealing and bled into her romantic life. So her first marriage to Tony Caddick fell apart after Melissa was caught cheating in Paris with her current husband, Anthony Colletti. Melissa had claimed to be in Switzerland on a business trip, but she was caught red handed. Being dishonest yet again, one of their mutual friends had evidence of Melissa cheating so she couldn't get out of it. Like she could not slick talk her way out of this situation because there was literal proof this time. But even after being caught, Melissa apparently lied about how her marriage ended, claiming that Tony had abused her instead of owning up to her crimes. In 2012, Melissa would start her own company, A Ponzi Scheme, hiding under the guise of being a financial investment firm. So for the sake of this episode, I want y'all to understand what a Ponzi Scheme is, especially if you're not familiar with it or you never actually like looked up the literal definition. But according to investigator.org, a Ponzi Scheme is an investment fraud that pays existing investors with funds collected from new investors. Ponzi Scheme organizers often promise to invest your money and generate high returns with little or no risk. But... But in many of the Ponzi schemes, the fraudsters do not invest the money. So the key to understanding this is that when someone comes to invest their money and there's like a Ponzi scheme happening, the person who is investing their money is promised these high returns. So for someone who's saving for retirement or maybe even someone who just has a lot of money that they want to invest, this could sound like the perfect way to guarantee that they make their money back and they make like double or triple or whatever, quadruple their money back. And it just sounds like a really good deal. Someone were to tell you, okay, give me $100, I'll make sure that you get like $300 back. Would you not? Would you? I I feel like I'd be like, wait a second, talk to me. (laughs) Let's. Let's business. Let's talk shop. Like, let's get, what, what is it giving right now? Because it's giving high returns, okay? So I would be very, very intrigued, but at the same time, because I'm wary of these scammers, I'd be like, wait, is this a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> What's going on here? It's passive income at its finest and most lucrative. But unfortunately, in these situations, especially when it is a Ponzi scheme, the situation is literally too good to be true. So Melissa would target rich clients. And once she secured their trust and their money, she would create a fake trading account. Now, not only did she fake signatures, she would literally send these clients like fake monthly reports claiming huge returns of up to 30%. And she would convince the clients to invest more money with her by promising that she'd be able to continue getting them these huge returns. So between the huge returns and Melissa's appearance of being super clean cut, this luxe professional woman, and her incredible work ethic, word of mouth would generate tons of new clients for her who were ready and eager to invest their money with her. Melissa's Victims included her parents, her brother, aunts and uncles, family friends, childhood friends, literally anyone who was like close proximity to Melissa in her life, they became a victim of her crime. And most of her victims actually lost their entire life savings by investing with her. In fact, Melissa's first victim was actually her friend, Joanna, who was a disability support worker and single mother. Melissa convinced Joanna to liquidate her entire share portfolio with other investment firms so that she could invest it with Melissa. But behind the scenes, y'all, there was no investing happening. Melissa was taking this money. She was using her client's money to fund her own lavish lifestyle. More than $20 million had been deposited into one of her main bank accounts alone. So instead of putting the money into investment accounts and getting these people the returns that she was promising them, she would pop it into her bank account. She was buying her cars. She was buying them handbags. She was taking trips and she was doing everything in her power to keep up the appearance of a luxe lifestyle of a successful woman. In 2016, She even used the investor funds to buy her husband a $390,000 Audi. Y'all, when I read that, I said, wait a second. wait a second I didn't know they made Audis that expensive like baby not not the Audi being a whole house like could you imagine driving around in a $390,000 car like I would be so afraid because one thing about me I'm gonna scratch them rims up and and like literally oh my god that would be so embarrassing like scratching the rims up on a literal like $400,000 car like oh, oh my god Anyways, and in 3 years alone, Melissa had purchased over $230,000 worth of goods from Dior alone. I love a good luxury handbag, a good luxury store, you know, a Dior, a Louis Vuitton, a YSL. Love to see it. But like $230,000 worth of Dior, what are you buying? Like what are you actually buying in Dior? Like is it give me one of every handbag in every single color? I don't know. Like I just I'm like switch it up. Switch it up, baby girl. Like get get just some other brands in there maybe she just really liked Dior though because Dior does have really cute stuff but I don't know even if I had all the money in the world like I don't know if I could see myself spending $230,000 at Dior but granted this was over three years so you know she's she's maybe buying a bag every other month every month perhaps you know it, it really does add up at the end of the day because it's just like me with my Uber Eats and my DoorDash it's like you know, fifteen dollars here, twenty dollars here, all of a sudden it's the end of the month you spent like a thousand dollars on food. You're like, How? <laughs> How did this happen to me, baby? It adds up. Okay, be careful, be careful out there with the with the door dash. It's it a very slippery slope, truly. One of the things that the ASIC investigators found when they weeded her home was a ton of designer dresses and bags and shoes. Like, I'm sure they popped in and they were like, oh, okay, we see where the money be at. <laughs> we see where where the funds were going. If we were ever confused about what she was spending these investor like funds on we now know it's in the closet there's they're the dior handbags (laughs) there there they are (laughs) but melissa also was like using this money to travel y'all she was living her best life like when i tell you she no care no care in the world she said baby i'm gonna travel booked and busy yes ma'am she traveled overseas 25 times since 2009 to the u.s uk fiji hong kong singapore japan south korea she literally was like mrs world mine <laughs> like she was like I am going to fly I'm I, and I'm sure you know homegirl was booking first class you she was not sitting on no coach stop playing with her <laughs> She is spending her money at Dior and she is flying first class. Like, stop playing with her. But in keeping up appearances, though, Melissa was able to look the part and also convince these new clients to invest with her. So it's important to note that in keeping up appearances, Melissa was able to look the part and convince new clients to invest with her. I'm sure the new clients were like, okay, you know, she looks put together. She's like, she's wearing the Dior. She's pulling up in the $400,000 Audi. Like, this woman knows something about how to, to get rich and stay rich. And so like for them, I'm sure it made sense. Like, yeah, let's let's give her the money. <laughs> let's give her our money to invest. She knows how to make it back. But then on the other hand, there were some people who were like concerned because Melissa's salary or what you would expect her to make as a salary, even with her commission as an investor, it just seemed like it wouldn't be enough to fund her lavish lifestyle. But she kept buying things though. She kept putting up this front Okay, she kept maintaining that that cover that we're going to judge her book by. So another thing she did was that she claimed to be booked and busy when potential new clients would reach out. So she'd be like, oh, I can't take you. Like, I'm, I'm so busy, got so many clients. Like, oh, girl, can't do it, can't do it. But then she would call them back later and be like, listen, I found a way to make this work. I found some time for you, baby. Come on in. Come on in, join the club. So it's like giving that scarcity effect, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure for the clients who were trying to get in, it just made it seem like super luck, super exclusive to work with her. It's almost like, y'all know when you pull up to the club and they be having them long lines outside the club and you be itching to go And You like, oh, oh, they playing a little baby inside. Okay, it's probably lit. It's the long lines around the corner. You get in the club. Girl, it's about two, three people in the club. It's the fact that they had that line outside because they were trying to look booked and busy. They were trying to look exclusive. And that's literally what Melissa was doing. She was like, baby, like you get in when I let you in. <laughs> and until than exclusivity, scarcity, like, love to see it. I mean, not really, cause she's a scammer, but you know, we love exclusive, (laughs) we love exclusive experiences in general. One of Melissa's clients who was a surgeon had recommended another surgeon to invest with her. When they spoke, Melissa boasted about doubling the initial client's investments with record returns of up to 30%. Now, the minimum investment at this point was $250,000, and honestly, this sounded way too good to be true, but when the new client's wife noticed that the account that they were supposed to like deposit the money into didn't look like a typical trust account, it sparked some red flags and some concerns. So they brought that to Melissa. They were like, girl, baby, what's going on here? This, this don't look right. Something about this is a little off-putting and Melissa ended up actually like brushing off their concerns she was like no, no 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 be good be good and then she literally put them on hold she had a couple excuses for them was like okay I'm gonna get back to you whatever and they never heard from her again and little did they know well obviously they know now but like they dodged such a bullet from working with her things began to take a huge turn for Melissa however when another client reported her to ASIC nothing happened at that time with the first report but in June of 2020 another complaint was filed and they This time, the person who filed that complaint left way, way, way more detail. ASIC realized that they had a huge problem on their hands. They realized that this was much bigger than someone just operating without a proper business license. So this actually prompted ASIC to ask the federal court to freeze Melissa's assets and seize her passport. They were trying to catch her before she actually caught on what was going on and before she had a chance to run or flee or, you know, use all her money to get out of the country or something like that. They were trying to get her and trap her before she even realized what was going on. So five months later, on November 11th, just before 6 a.m., Melissa's home was raided. Officers took her phones, computers, files. They were there for over 12 hours, leaving just after 7 p.m. The next day, around 5.30 in the morning, Melissa left for her morning run and she was never seen again. Now, police believe that Melissa threw herself off of the cliffs that were on the running trails near her home. It's speculated that Melissa knew she'd be facing a really long jail sentence and instead of coming to terms with that and the money that she stolen, she chose to take a different path. What's interesting about this story is that three months after Melissa was on the run, so this is before that they speculated that she threw herself off the cliffs, a foot that was matching her DNA washed up on the beach at this point once her foot washed up on the beach they presumed that she threw herself off the cliffs. That she could not face the consequences of what she had done however i i don't know when i heard that i was like listen let's talk about this for a second i just don't know how much i believe that and how much like is left open to imagination, I suppose, with the story, because when I hear, okay, they found her foot, I'm like, well, where's her body? If she was willing to literally scam millions out of her friends and family, her own parents, her best friend, like, All of these people who are so close to her, I feel like it would also be kind of in the same realm of wild behavior to cut off her own foot or to have someone else cut her foot off for her and be like, oh, let's wash that foot up on the beach, like have them think I'm dead. Now, I don't know. I don't know because... It's also a wild enough plan or a wild plan to think if they find my foot they're gonna think I'm dead because it's like it's like a foot you know what I mean it's not like a there there weren't other body parts found like it was literally her foot so it's like I feel like there is part of me that is that cynical sort of like curious person who's like would she be willing? To cut off her foot, to have that wash up on the beach, to sort of lead the police off of her trail, to, to get away. And the other thing that I was, like, thinking about, too, was the fact that all of this happened. Like, they raided her home, whatever, and then she ended up disappearing the next day. It takes a lot for someone to like disappear, I've never tried it. I have never tried it. However, the way that we have paper trails and your credit cards, your your phone, like your ID, like I don't know, these sound these are very simple things. Like, but you know what I mean. Like, there's a trail for everything. So when. When someone talks about disappearing, even when they talk about like witness protection program stuff, like even that always blows my mind because it's like to make someone disappear, to hide in plain sight, it's a difficult thing to do. So it's either yes, she may have thrown herself off the cliffs and like that's truly why she disappeared off the face of the earth is because she she um, is in the water. Right. And she actually did die. Or is she still out there? And did she have like a plan B right like if she was doing all this stuff was there a part of her that was like hmm there's a possibility that I may get caught there's a possibility that this could all go left I need to set up some guardrails like I need to put some stuff into place I need to get ready for if the feds coming and when the feds came she's like okay bet put put the plan in place get my foot cut off like I don't know there's a part of me that that has that, like, hmm, you know what I mean? Like, the side out, like, is that what really happened? We're going with the presumption that was made, but I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know until, and that's if and when they ever find her body and can actually, like, fully, fully close this case. Although, technically, the case is closed, but... You know, it's something to think about. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was one, like I said, I found it super, super fascinating. If you are interested in, you know, one of those docu-series where it's, uh, what is it called? A dr- dramatization where it's literally like, you know, actors playing the parts of the people and kind of, you know, they add a little spice to the story and stuff like that. Check out The Vanishing Act on Hulu. Yeah, it's it's really good so far. I think you guys would actually enjoy it. So check that out. Thank you so much for being here, my loves. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review on apple let me know if you enjoyed the show and of course i want to thank you so much for being here for listening for tuning in taking the time to spend some time with me and i hope you enjoyed your snack as you listened. i will chat with you guys in very next episode bye my loves
0: Support your journey to wellness at B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.